In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Depend upon it, sir. When a man knows he is to be hanged in a fortnight, it concentrates his mind wonderfully. The words of Johnson, the doctor of philosophy, long deceased, not the master of divinity who stands before you, half deceased. <laughs> but these words serve to bring us right to our topic for today, which is life, but not quite. Not just life, and not the life after life after death, which Dr. N.T. Wright leads us to so often contemplate and even anticipate, but that which links, which both divides and connects life in the here and now with life in the hereafter. Death. The topic for today is death. All Saints gives us visions of the heavenly city, also shows us uncompromisingly the only way we get there, through death. A subject which few of us have time to contemplate, and yet which hangs over all of our heads most of the time. Mostly, we push it out of our mind and fill our heads with other thoughts. As Ernst Becker observes, I quote, man is literally split in two. He has an awareness of his own splendid uniqueness and that he sticks out of nature with a towering majesty. And yet he goes back into the ground a few feet in order to blindly and dumbly rot and disappear forever. It is a terrifying dilemma to be in and to have to live with. If this vision sounds a bit bleak for Christians, we need to go back and find that vision in scripture you look hard to find it the earlier you look in the pages of God's inspired word. The dilemma is expressed in uncompromisingly existentialist terms by the preacher, Kohelet. I quote, for what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beasts, for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from the dust, and to dust all return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of beast goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot who can bring him to see what will be after him, who indeed. That seeing, of course, comes in time. In the time of Jesus, or just before, the shades of Sheol are withdrawn. To share with us that glorious passage from the wisdom of Solomon, without which we could not do a funeral in our tradition. Words which reveal a future in which, indeed, the spirits of man and woman, righteous women and men, have gone upward. In the time of their visitation, they will shine forth and will run like sparks through the stubble. They will govern nations and rule over peoples, and the Lord will reign over them forever. There's really nothing much to be added. This is as well developed as anything which comes later. Indeed, I find it a little more stirring 
than the site of the massive citadel of stone devoid of natural life, which is set forth in the final pages of scripture in Revelation, the Bible's last word on the subject. There is one tree there, thanks be to God, and the tree of life that is promising, but not much work for urban foresters or landscape architects. Not quite how we would build our suburban villas. Well, I jest, I understand a metaphor, and this beautiful metaphor brings together the garden and the city and the temple with this giant cube. And there's a wonderful wholeness in this metaphor, a wonderful promise, as long as that sure is not the heck how it really looks. Streets of gold, Gordon Fee once said to us, I'll take streets of chocolate, thank you very much. <laughs> The truth to tell is that we have put our faith and our hope not in a place, but in a person. And that person has tasted death and tested death and found it wanting. Its sting is robbed and it shall no longer snatch the soul who would receive the wage that's due for a life of sin, but for a life redeemed by that same person who now will take us to his heaven until that day comes when his throne will once more be set on this earth, this earth restored and all his people and all his creation will be reunited here at last, redeemed. That is our hope. But for now, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls, and so much more than that. Well, what does he do, this Jesus, who tastes death and then comes back to tell us about it. No one else in scripture does this. There's a few who are translated straight into heaven without dying, one in the Bible and one in the tradition. Jesus alone gets to share his experience. Does he do it? Not a word does he say in the 40 days about what death was like in those three days. He goes back to work. He gathers his companions again, goes fishing, cooks breakfast on the beach, and goes on living, living and loving. Feed my sheep, he tells them, feed my lambs, and take the news of this redemption out to all who will hear in ever-expanding centrifugal motions until all the world is reached. Break every comfort zone, break out of every country club that your church has become to touch those outside these walls, outside the faith, outside the reach. They too need to know what has been done on that cross stuck in the hard earth to free us to taste life forever with him. Don't stop until you've done it, he says. Show your love to people by leading them to love the Lord who gave them life. As someone has said, not me, I wish I could remember, don't worry about death. You'll be immortal until your work is done. So don't worry about death. Don't delay either. It doesn't work that way. And don't try to discern the number of your days. You'll have what it needs 
and then go home, which is where our hearts are set anyway from before this world began. Well, I could end there, and it would be lovely, but it's all souls back to business. All this forward motion would be fine, (laughs) if not that heaven on earth did not start on earth, but it does in the here and now, in the relationships that we start now, especially when those relationships have been gathered into the Christ who has gathered into us in unity. Those relationships we begin are inspired. They may flourish, they may sputter on a bit. Through thick and thin, we build them and hone them into things of beauty, of real worth. The only thing is worth living for, the ones we love. That's where death sticks its nose in again. And here it hurts by taking us one at a time, not all together. One at a time, just as we were born. One at a time, separating us dividing us from one another, tearing apart families, loved ones, friends, withdrawing all into the arms of a loving Lord, but into a silence which we must wait to enter ourselves. No sting, maybe, but an ache that is real and terrible. And what is worse, what hurts more, whether a long life well-lived, leaving a well of memories, or a life cut short, cut off from hope and expectations. I don't know. Today's a baptism. We move between heaven and earth. There's also this element of water and this element of facing death, really facing death, having the mind and the soul concentrated, which, of course, brings to mind that great classic of the cinema, Kurosawa, Bergman, no, Clint Eastwood's movie, Sully. <laughs> a very artless and forthright, incredibly artfully made piece of narrative. Eastwood knows how to tell a story and how to marshal all the elements of his art to do so. And it's a story worth telling. Bear with me. A story about the forced water landing, not a crash, he's eager to say, on the Hudson River of U.S. Airways Flight 1549. Going through it again and again, and the documenting material about what really happened, to which they seem to have stuck within a sort of Aristotelian concept of concatenation of dramatic events, I was struck by the depth of the themes the concerns that concentrate the minds of those who suddenly face death and live. Few come back from death to tell the tale. And those of us who have crossed over to the other side even for a few minutes in this age of medical miracles do not all return, alas, with experiences to share of what awaits us over the horizon. Maybe I'm really not on Jack Calvin's shortlist after all. White fluttering wraiths descending white staircases that lead to white light do not appear to everyone who steps through when, and I quote, the gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass and then you see it, white shores and beyond a far green country under a swift sunrise. That's Tolkien, of course, with thanks to Fran Walsh. And when those who are blessed enough get that far, they usually don't come back. These ones do. 
So we go forward on a wing and a prayer. And if our forced water landing is anything like the one of the one who walked on water, then we too, like those 155 souls who were blessed by that miracle on the Hudson, will find our lives changed. This is the miracle and our priorities rearranged, at least for a time, until the fury and frenzy of life in the fast lane catches us up again. The one thing they want to do when it dawns on them that they're alive, and it takes a while, remember this, when people are plucked from death, they don't say thank you, they don't rejoice, they just say, what on earth is going on? But when they realize they've made it, these people, without exception, try to find their phones, call the ones they just texted to say, it's over, I love you, to say, it's not over, I still love you. <laughs> what a miracle that is. And then, in light of that, to keep on living and keep on loving. I wish that I could face death every day. I've come closer than I like more often than not. And one thing that the God who's given me those glimpses of the other side has shown me is that the God I spent so much of my time preaching is not a God I want to spend eternity with. The God of power and power alone, who says to the pot, you do not speak to the potter. The God who has hijacked so much of the Reformed tradition is in the end a God I would rather direct others to. I want him to let me go somewhere else. But the God in scripture shows himself different when the Holy Spirit can start to saturate those texts and remind you again that our faith is even about more than a text. It's about a person who relates to us person to person and yet at the same time shows how we are nothing without the other people in our lives and in his life. And when Jesus and all the people we can learn to love begin to work together with us, then life really takes off. Those who are close to death do find their minds marvelously, fearfully, and wonderfully concentrated. And their thoughts are not about things or about deeds so much as about the people they love relationships, and if they've been given that gift of the one who made their life possible and their love possible in the beginning and in the end. Those who have broken the shroud of silence and self-protection that we wear through this life save for Jesus. If God has allowed us one sneak peek through the veil, it will surely affirm that. Only relationships matter. Relationships with him, relationships with other, because only relationships survive. Love alone, as Barth says, love alone matters, love alone conquers, love alone endures. And so this promise, and then I'm done. All that the Father gives me will come to me. All that the Father gives to me will come to me. Nothing will snatch them from my hand.
No force on power on heaven, on earth, Romans 8, will take them from my hand. Whether they want to or not, they are coming to me. Whatever the quality of their last moments on earth, they will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. It's called assurance. This is the hope we've been given, that all will be gathered together, hoping to enjoy in time out of time all the time in the world that this world could not give us. Does it end in death? No. We must go through it, and we must transcend it. But then we find where it begins again in earnest, real life, real life as we've tasted now for good. A candidate for baptism, his sponsors, his parents, and his supporters will please come forward.